Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Mother's Day. <laughs> I know it's like post Mother's Day, but it doesn't feel like it. I had such a good Mother's Day weekend. I know Brown Ambition, we're back. We just want to wish a happy Mother's Day to the mom, the Brown Ambition moms out there. Yes. Um, I was a, I, my mom doesn't live um, anywhere near me. So I had to, I always send her gifts and I totally mm-hmm. screwed up this Mother's Day. I, I like sent the gift to, she's moved twice in the last year and I found out that I sent it to the old address. So. Ah. Some really sweet lady emailed the company that my mom's gift came from and told them, she was like, I have this person's gift. How do I get it to her? (laughs) That's Wisconsin for you. (laughs) That's nice, though. Yeah, super sweet. That wouldn't have happened in New York. I know. They'd be like, ooh, these these chocolates are yummy. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I had a good Mother's Day. I, um... My sister, uh, she has a seventh-month-old, and um, she had, like, a baby dedication at church, so... I was like, who picked this day? She's like, he did, her husband. <laughs> I guess he didn't realize it was Mother's Day. <laughs> when oh, he, really? Yeah, when they decided on the date. So we, like my family went, his family was there. So it actually was really nice. And then we went back to her house and like, you know, ate. His family's Jamaican and his mom is like, oh my God, the best cook in the world. Like my mom's a, an amazing cook, like for African food, but his mother is like the best cook for Jamaican food. And like oh, yeah. together, what? They're like a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> And I have to say, I don't know like how much you've hung out with like your, your booze, your fiance's family, but this is the first time that we hung out as like blended families that didn't, it didn't feel like a blended family. Oh yeah. That's fun. Yeah. I was like, wow. Cause you know, usually, I mean, we've always gotten along, but you know, it's like, well, Hey, how are you? I'm fine. Everybody's all formal. But right. this is like the first time that I was like, wow, this is just our family. We were laughing, joking. His mom and my mom were like, la- it just, it was so nice, honestly. I was like, wow, look at us. One big happy family. That sounds so nice. I hope we have that one day. You will. My mom actually just met my future mother-in-law for the very first time in April when we came, when they came to like do my, come for my first dress fitting mm-hmm. or, you know, shopping experience. So I had like, you know, fiance's mom and my mom and my sister and I had my one, I picked like my one friend who can, you know, talk to a tree and have a whole conversation. <laughs> like just somebody I knew could keep things from being yep. too awkward. Uh-huh. Um, and it went okay. But yeah, you know, it's obviously it's, well, not only is it just the awkwardness of meeting someone new, but it's like they also, there's also a big language barrier because um, his mom doesn't speak any English and my mom speaks no Spanish. Uh, so I don't know if that was like to our... If it like helped us or if it was a negative thing, <laughs> might have been a good thing. Do you speak any Spanish? Mandy, do you speak any Spanish? I speak a lot of Spanish, yeah. It's pretty, I'm pretty good. Oh, um, really? 
but my mom, she was towards the end of the, the experience, you know, and, and my fiance's mom is really sweet, but she's like a, you know, a Latina mom. She just like speaks her mind. And there's some things that you say in Spanish that sound horrible when you translate it. <laughs> But one of the dresses I put on, she was like, oh, Mandy, you look fat in that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> She's just, and well, in Spanish, like, I don't know, you say gorda, gordita, you like, like kind of stuff, you know, it, it just, you know, it sounds much worse in English. And my mom, yeah. my mom didn't know the word, but she kind of got contextually what she was saying. And she was oh. like, what did she say to you? Oh. I was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's just funny. Ha ha. I'm yeah. fine. <laughs> oh my gosh oh my god that is always the worst it's like oh but it's because you know it's really awkward especially wedding time it was like i'm not gonna lie with my sister's wedding there was definitely some contentious like because there's certain things that we wanted to do culturally or she wanted to do yep. and that, you know he didn't necessarily feel comfortable with which i can understand because it's like well i'm not nigerian you know and so there's definitely some awkwardness there but i have to say now the parents have have now that they've had a baby the parents are on one side like uh, the like the the older parents are on one side and then them, her and her husband are on the other because, you know, the parents are like, why are you not feeding the baby this? Do this for the baby. Because, you know, they've all had kids. And now, like, my sister and her husband are like, leave us alone. They're like, you're starving him. <laughs> <laughs> Which was not. I was like, oh, look at you guys bonding over, fighting over with your, fighting over your kids and your grandchild. <laughs> the great equalizer. <laughs> exactly. They're like, my grandbaby's hungry. You're starving him. I told her I had five kids. She's like, I've had two. They had none. This is their first. They know nothing about children. <laughs> and Carol was just, my sister was just like, uh. <laughs> but I told her, I was like, you know what? I'm sure everyone has that when you have your first kid and like your mom or your dad or like other people with kids try to tell you stuff and you just feel like, no, that's not how I want to raise my baby, even though you've never had a baby before. <laughs> oh, I'm already dreading it. I mean, I'm, I'm not dreading it in the sense that I'm really, I feel really grateful to know if that ever happens. If we have a kid, then we can just like his mom is is local and she will gladly take the baby forever if we wanted to. Um, and but that's yeah. all good. But yeah, I'm dreading like the the um, over the overzealous grandparenting. What? Especially grandparents not from the country, because yes. like what? They're like, give him cornmeal porridge. Give him <laughs> like and my sister's like, um, no. He can eat arroz con pollo. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> Two months, just mush it up a little bit. Like, plus, like Nigerian. Those donuts, just put it in a bottle. Exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> we eat so many similar foods. Like, what's a little goat meat between friends? You're like, really? <laughs> oh, so, Lord. like that. That's the part that she's just like. They don't understand that. Like, you have to be careful with babies and allergies. And I didn't really understand why. I'm like, well, why can't he have that? She was like, because if you mix in the beginning, you give babies, I guess, like um, peas or carrots or rice. Because if you mix things together, you never know what they're allergic to. So if they have an allergic reaction to porridge, you don't know, is it the brown sugar? Is it the, the oatmeal? Is it the, so it's just best to like introduce one, one um, fruit or vegetable or whatever at a time. I was like, oh, that makes sense. There's just so much I don't know. I know, me either. <laughs> what? And I meanwhile, I babysit him, which I'm kind of sad because it's come to an end. Her, her husband's done with this part of medical school, so... He's off now. He's like, oh, I've got the baby now on Tuesdays and Thursday mornings. I was like, no, because he could still come by and visit. I'm like, I know, but it's not the same with just me and him. So today I, um, they were like, well, you know, did, we need they, help. did they pull the go have your own card? <laughs> no, but they were teasing me like tip because I was like resting. They're like, are your feet swollen? Are you feeling tired? I'm like, I'm not pregnant. <laughs> Leave me alone. But it made me want this Mother's Day actually made me. Usually I'm not one of those. I want to have a kid girls. 
but I don't know. I'm not going to lie. Over, the ovaries started tingling a little bit. Yeah, a little. I couldn't believe it. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> your hips spread out just a little, t- just a little bit. I was like, I was telling my um, my boyfriend, I was like, you know what? I think, like, I was always like 50 50, like, ah, if I have a kid, I don't have a kid. I'm like, you know, on the fence. But today I would have to say I'm like 65, 70 ish, almost 70 ish, 30 about having a kid. Well, one of the earliest shows we did on Brown Ambition, you talked about like how you were finally starting to weave like having a kid into your your future business plan mm-hmm. and kind of setting up your business for that. So maybe yeah. then you were like 10. It's in, yeah, so 35 yeah. episodes later. I know. <laughs> Cuz you know what it is and then I wasn't I wasn't sure, but I knew that, you know what? Let me at least start preparing myself business-wise just in case I feel sure. I don't want to like because, you know, it's, it's, it's not a big deal to, like, switch things up in your business slowly but surely and, and then make a decision, like, okay, to physically have a baby, you know? So, but as far as now, it's like the emotional side is starting to catch up. That was just me, like, my mentally, I was like, okay, let me prepare for, like, what that might look like. But now I'm like, oh, I kind of want to have a baby. <laughs> well, for you, it's like, on the one hand, great, you're your own boss. You can mm-hmm. give yourself as much time off as you need. But on the other hand, it's like you're, you know one of the only employees. It's not like mm-hmm. you have a ton of people to back you up. So that must take a lot of consideration and planning. Oh, for sure. I just, I, I don't, honestly, I don't know how, for sure. I don't know how moms do it just as a mom. Mm. Like see my nephew. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, how do you do this 24 hours a day? And then on top of that, moms who work, and then on top of that, moms who work and then work for themselves. I'm like, hats off to all moms, period. I don't care if you stay home. Like, even me, three hours with him by myself, I'm like, uh, I think I'm ready for a nap. And he's like, not yet. No, no, we're up. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to really salute all moms, whether you stay home, whether you work, whether you own your own business. It is like the hardest thing ever. And I'm just an auntie, so I can't even imagine. The fact that I've been, I was thinking like from the beginning, you were so terrified you're this, you, to keep this baby alive. Like <laughs> you have to keep this person alive. But then I'm 30 years old. For, so for 30 years, my mom has been worried about keeping me alive. Yes. And like stuff that I do to endanger my life on purpose, like skydiving and traveling by myself. Like I almost want to say sorry. Yeah. Like, oh I'm and sorry. Just wait until you have a kid. I know like, it'll be so much. Oh God. What? Like my, my, like my best friend, Drina has a baby and then my sister. So Drina was like, honestly, I just look at my mom and I'm just like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> She's like, you did all of this and I talked back to you. <laughs> oh man, I was such a brat. I know, you don't realize because you're just like, whatever, they have to keep me alive. They're like, they really don't. <laughs> they try, but they really don't. There are some really nice, I, I read a really nice article on Elle.com. I feel like Elle is one of my favorite women's magazines. They still do like good content, I feel like. And they, you know, Melissa Harris-Perry, who was at MSNBC, now she's mm-hmm. an editor. I think she's an editor at large there. I forget what her exact role is. But um, that was her next move. She did a really, well, it's not a mom-related post. She wrote a good story for Malia. Everyone after Malia announced she was going to Harvard either wrote about the gap year thing or about the racists who were saying that like Malia didn't deserve it because she was black or whatever. She went and found like some really high, um, some women, black women who'd gone to Harvard and asked Mm -hmm. about like, what is it like to go to Harvard? What's your advice for Malia? So I would encourage everyone to go read that. But this other story about moms, it's um, by a writer named Maddie Kahn. And it's what it's like to be a working mom at the White House. And she actually interviews five women in the president's inner circle on what it's like to work there, what it was like to plan having a baby while you're like on the National Security Council. 
um, and and like the myth of the balance. And I thought it was a really good, I really feel like everyone should go read it. What it's like to be a working mom at the White House on L.com. And it's cool because I didn't realize that after Obama um, was elected, he uh, changed the maternity policy at the White House. I'm not sure what it was before, but for the first time, women have 12 weeks of paid leave. Wow, that's great. Yeah. And it like Valerie Jarrett, who's like his number one, you know, uh, one of his uh, closest advisors was a part of that. And she's the boss of some of the women included in this article. And it's, it's interesting, a lot, some women didn't want to take the job, like when you get the call by the president, you know, come be on my National Security Council, some women said they didn't want to, because, you know, they had just had a kid, or they were just about to, you know, they were four months pregnant. Um, and they were worried about work life balance, one of them even turned down the job. Wow. And the president called her back. And he was like, we're gonna make it work out. Don't worry. Wow. Yeah, that just gave me chill. That's amazing. That's the kind of that's the kind of leading by example that we need. Because you know, I don't know. I probably say this a lot, but in America, it is not the law for you to have twelve paid twelve weeks paid leave. Yeah, it's you not. get twelve weeks unpaid leave, which a lot of moms can't afford. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like my sister's back to work. I mean, she didn't want to. I remember she was really upset about having to go back to work. And if it wasn't for the fact that they made a strategic move, um, her husband's uh, mother actually has like a three family house. So they made a move to live in one of the three family, like the brother lives in one of the houses, her husband and her, she live in the other and the mother lives in. So literally like living with family and knowing that like, okay, I could drop the baby off at grandma's house and I have to go back to work and my sister can watch him when grandma can't. And like, that wasn't easy because they, she had to go back to work, mm. you know? And I know she was really just like, she would have loved to stay home. You know, I remember the first day she called me like, how is I was like, he's fine. <laughs> oh, he's fine. Because she's like, I want to be home. And you're right. Everybody just doesn't. And what if you what do you do if you don't have a sister who works for herself and a, mm-hmm. and a grandmother who's retired? You know, like you have to be like Drina, who actually had to put her baby in daycare. And she did not want to. She wanted to wait at least until he was like one and a half, two. But she's a working mom and her her boyfriend works. And she's just like, well, I have to like someone has to watch the baby. I can't be home. Yeah. You know? My coworker's baby was in daycare because she only, what do we get? Yahoo's policy, you know, Yahoo's, you know, say what you want about Yahoo, but we have an amazing uh, parental leave policy. I think it's 16 weeks for moms and eight weeks for dads. Oh, that's nice. And the dads can take that eight weeks anytime during the year. So if the mom takes off, you know, well, I don't know, never mind. If you're like, if you happen to be a married spouse at Yahoo, um, (laughs) you could take up to 24 weeks. But my coworker took her, you know, four months off her whole maternity leave and, um, her so her baby's been in daycare since he was four months, which is just yeah, like hard. And last week she got a text from the daycare saying that it just for some reason there's like a there's a um, something wrong with the plumbing and they have to shut down for a week. Oh Good God. luck, you're on your own, basically. Oh, and that happens, and you're like, what do I do? Yeah. So we yeah. and you know, luckily we our managers are are fairly understanding. There's one anecdote in this story, though, that I wanted to mention, because I just think it's just, it's representative of, you know, we feel like we're making progress when it comes to working moms in the in the workplace. But there's still this perception of moms being like, oh, as soon as you get knocked up, you're going to quit your job and, you know, go on maternity leave and then not come back. And one of the women, her name is Jen, uh, Jen Saki, she's on the National Security Council, talks about being eight and a half months pregnant. And she was, you know, with a, in a meeting with the White House press secretary and this correspondent from this media, um, this broadcast station, she doesn't mention. And the whole meeting, 
the guy, the press secretary, kept deflect, trying to deflect questions to Jen. He was like, Jen knows the answer, ask Jen. Jen might be the right person, ask Jen. And at the end of the meeting, she was like, yo, I'm happy to talk to you. This is not her words. I'm happy to talk with you. You know, let me know what questions you have. And he told her, well, I just don't know if I'll ever see you again. Oh, my gosh. Like, what? Because when you have a baby, you, did you know you die afterwards? That shit happens. Yeah, it's- yeah. You just go and be a wife. <laughs> I know. Um, Your so- career, everything dies. You just have a baby, and then you are erased from the from the history of the planet. Like, that's just the dumbest thing. The thing that's so crazy, it's like, Yo, dude, you know you came from from a vagina like your mom gave birth to you, and somehow she's here still. Mm. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's just so crazy to me when people act as if like they were never once children; they weren't born of a woman. Like, what? You don't have sisters, aunts, like other women in your life. I just I don't understand where you think all of these things come from. Just you know, the man. <laughs> we, we pick up the pieces while you women go have babies. That's what it is. It's not just dudes either. I know we talked about this for a while. That's and true. We should, but it's not just guys. I feel like women, I was talking to a friend who was at a bachelorette and she was talking about how disappointing it was. A lot of the girls there um, were complaining about women at their office taking maternity leave and how, you know, it's not fair. Like we talked wow, about that last week. Yeah. I'm like, can you support your, I mean, I know we don't have to support each other because just because we're women, but like, come on. I don't think people see what it is like. I remember I went, I went with my sister to a Lamaze class and I remember the doctor at the Lamaze class was like, just so you know, the first three or four months of your baby's life outside of you is literal hell. Don't look for, <laughs> he was like, don't look for it to be easy. Don't think like, oh, you know, he's like, no, no, it is literal hell. This human being needs to be fed every two hours and you will never sleep. You will just like, and I remember being like, what? And then seeing my sister. I love two. that she said that at the Lamaze <laughs> class. <laughs> and I'm looking at her like month two visiting and I was like yo she looked crazy <laughs> I've never seen my sister she looked like like the walking dead she looked like a zombie she just was literally sitting there I'm like I know because she was so exhausted she was just a boo a boo pumping machine I'm here to just bring my boob out when this thing says he wants something I don't even know who you are at this moment I was just she just sat in a chair staring off at the space and I was like, ah, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what maternity leave looks like. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you'd like to be that, if you'd like to be the milk machine sitting in the corner looking at the wall, you could do that. My favorite <laughs> Instagram, if you guys want to go follow it, it's, it's by Real Simple, the magazine, but it's called Women in Real Life, Women IRL. And it is just photos of like moms and just real women on their day to day, like a mom with poop on her shirt. <laughs> a mom with like a baby screaming at her, like, you know, while she's trying to go to work. Highly encourage it. Highly, highly. No, so, gonna... oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, I'd love to read that. So, this is like, I don't know if you want to talk about Prince a little bit, but I was like, oh, no. Prince? Like the, up- the update that it was a drug overdose. Didn't oh, no. And we haven't really talked about it that much. No. I was just like, what? Everyone had, you know, what's everyone had been talking about Prince. Um, and, you know, like there was a lot of rumors from the very beginning about him, you know, having a drug problem. But then everyone was like, that's never, that's never, the, you know, that can never be the truth about the prince I knew. But, uh, yeah, he was hiding a pretty bad, what was it, yeah. opioids, painkiller addiction? Yeah, it just was so disheartening. You're just like, oh, gosh. Yeah. So when I heard that, because I just, because I hadn't heard, you know, you always hear about Prince was vegan, Prince was healthy, Prince was, he didn't curse, Prince was Jehovah's Witness, all these things that seem contrary to someone being addicted 
to, um, you know, prescription pain killers. And, you know, that doesn't mean anything, honestly. And you're just like, oh, man, there's this great article. Oh, who wrote it? It was everything. It was written. If you could just Google, I can't remember what outlet, but it was Prince's. It says, like, I used to be a personal chef for Prince. And the article is short, but it is literally everything. It is hilarious. My two favorite lines are, so she was just out of chef school. Her friend was kind of like, Prince is looking for a personal chef. I work for him sometimes. You'd be great. So she takes the job. It's like 24 hours a day. She says that one time Prince at like midnight was like, ooh, you know what? I want a chocolate fountain. Like, you know, like just chocolate coming out of a fountain. And she asked Prince like, so where should I put it? And she said he looks at her, doesn't even skip a beat and says, so I do the music. And I lived, can you imagine, like, what are you asking me these questions for? And then my second favorite line was, she said, everything that she ever made for Prince, it was like one soup that just did not turn out right. And he brought it back into the kitchen and just put it on the counter and said, no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, you have to read the article. It is so, it's just hilarious and funny and just lets you see Prince in a different light. And she just said he was always really kind, really nice, and just like, she just said, but it was like the, the job was too demanding, but it was just an awesome experience. And I'm like, if, if you get a chance to just Google, I was Prince's personal chef. That's a great, great, great article. I like those Prince anecdotes. Mm -hmm. He was a character. I think that's what you miss. What we'll all miss about him. It's sad, though. I mean, and yeah, I when you, the painkiller addiction in the United States has been a problem, like the painkiller mm -hmm. um, substance abuse has been a problem for years and years, even before this whole, you know, heroin became sort of mainstream. Um, and it's sad. You can be pretty functioning and you can hide it because I mean, who doesn't have prescription meds around the house? Exactly. You, know? you can really hide it. It's, it's sad. What was sadder is, you know, the, now his siblings were kind of like bickering about his estate. Speaking of estates, did you see that Snoop Dogg came out Ugh. and said that he will, doesn't give, he could give zero, you know, you know what's about his kids and his estate plan. He's like, I don't care. They'll figure it out when I'm dead. We're like, so I won't ignorant. care because I'll be dead. That's so ignorant. And I'm not going to lie. I just, I can't tell you how, how many people that I've spoken to about, you know, like kind of planning afterwards or like life insurance. They're like, I'm not trying to make my kids rich after I die. And I, I can't tell you how many people I've heard say that. Even just funeral costs though. Yeah. It's just so disheartening because it's like, well, print, like Prince, Snoop, like at the very least, if you're not trying to give your kids money or whatever, which is fine. That's your choice. But the government is going to take like that death tax. Isn't it like 40%? Oh, I don't know. It's something ridiculous. Some high amount that if you don't have a will, they will take off the top. It's just so wasteful to just basically give it away. If you don't want your kids to have it or whatever, to entail it to like a public school or like a great arts program. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. It just seems just, it's just so ignorant. I'm just like, Snoop, sometimes it's just best to say nothing. <laughs> nothing at all don't ask snoop for estate planning advice he <laughs> does not know he just obviously doesn't have the right people around him i just hate hearing about these celebrities these athletes who you know die suddenly and then have no no um no safety net for their family yeah i have um, a i have a power of attorney i'm ready i don't have any kids but i have that <laughs> i think i have i mean like I think all of my like insurance policies or whatever i have like one of my sisters as like a beneficiary or whatever so that I do have. I'm trying to think, do I have, I don't, no, I don't have a will, will, but I don't really have many assets right now. <laughs> but I do have like all of my, you know, whatever, like I said, all of my paperwork. I'm like, this is my beneficiary. This is my beneficiary. My sister texted me the other day. She's like, what's your social? I'm putting you down as a beneficiary. I was like, woohoo. Did you, you know, 
Oh, go ahead. All right, go ahead. I'll close Did you know my on this? Oh, <laughs> Wait, go ahead, or were you going to say? <laughs> no, you go. You go. This is like double dutch. You go. You go. You go. Done. Uh, on Facebook, you can select the, like, not a benefit, I guess it's a beneficiary, a person who can control your Facebook account after you pass away. What? How you do yeah. that? It's in your settings. They recently rolled it out. Yeah. I made my little brother the, uh, oh my God, that's really good though. The because... executor of my social media. Yo, that is so. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, you have a lot of stuff there and, you know, yes. you might want to but... like post an update. I don't I... know. <laughs> well, you know what? It's so. <laughs> Yo, that should be the name of today's uh, executor of my social media. And I deem you, little brother, the executor of my social media account. What if he but like, I mean, logs into my account but then forgets it and then he starts liking people's posts as me after I'm dead? Yo, that would be so freaky. <laughs> <laughs> no, first of all, I mean, and this is true because, I mean, this is not funny, but it's kind of funny. So a girl that I knew from high school passed away a few years ago. And like her last post or her last profile picture was like something kind of vulgar, just to be funny. She probably posted it for a day, and it's like there forever. Oh, no. <laughs> and every time I read it, I'm like, that is so her. But I'm like, well, you know what? This is just how you roll out. This vulgar vulgar post is the post that you leave people with. Like, yeah, girl. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I, I didn't know that. I'm, I'm totally going to make, I'm trying to think, who would I make? Probably like, I'm trying to think, who would actually like care enough? My sisters are like, are not on social media. I probably would make like one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. Think about it. It's a big life decision. It is. I mean, what am I going to do? Who will post for me? <laughs> <laughs> Did you see this um, Airbnb while black controversy? Oh. So I totally missed this, but um, I wanted to chat about it real quick. Okay. And wait, did you see it? I saw the article. You know how you just like, well, what is that thing we talked about before? Like post-traumatic black syndrome or whatever. Remember we talked about it? Like, Oh, racial dis- dis- fatigue, syndrome fatigue. Yeah. And yeah. I saw it and I just was like, not right now. I just, <laughs> not right now. <laughs> well, well I, I wanted to chat about, I feel like I, um, I've never had a problem getting an Airbnb, but then again, my name is Mandy and I look racially ambiguous, so mm-hmm. I don't have this issue. But yeah, a lot of people had been like ranting about this on Twitter, about how when you look, when you're black, you look black and you have a black sounding name, it's proven to be harder to get approved for um, an Airbnb reservation because you know how you have your profile picture and it's you know a human being on the other end and they're more likely to deny people who are black and that was highly depressing to me Um, and it turns out a lot of black people have experienced this and they've started doing things like changing their picture to like a landscape or something random or you know oh there was one woman I forget her I forget her full name but she changed it to Tina, which is like a shortened version of her name. Okay. To sound a little less black. And she oh. said that helped. And that is crazy. Cray, cray. It's just, you know what? It's not so crazy when you think about it because the studies show that, you know, if you have a black sounding name and you, your resume is in a pile with a white yep. person's and you'll be less likely to get a call back. Um, but what I thought was good, I, oh, I, I know where I heard about this. It was on the, um, the podcast Hidden Brain which is by NBR, NPR. It's kind of about how, you know, the different things in psychology that affect our lives. So they were talking about the bias, um, the, the bias that's involved when you are Airbnb host and deciding who to, um, to host or not. And what, what I thought was good was that Airbnb has actually made, taken steps to like try and fix this. Okay. And they've had like, so apparently if you host a lot, you're like an Airbnb, I don't know, like VIP or something like that. 
you get some sort of like credit, um, um, some sort of status and mm-hmm. they will send you like bias training and they even invited people to come to their office and learn um, how to be a more, uh, a less biased when they oh. make their decisions. Wow. I mean, like I said, I'm not shocked, but I'm just disappointed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, but it's like getting a cab. It's like, you know, that's why Uber was so important because people were actually able, and even then I'm sure, cause you know, with Uber, you see people's faces if they put them up. Up, oh, same. Uh, yeah. Same deal. Yeah. But at least it's easier than like a cab. Like, I mean, honestly, I remember I was in a cab once and like, I was asking the guy to like, I was, I wanted to go to like New York hospital, someplace that was very obvious, like, and I was, you know, giving him the address and he was so, I, I didn't know the address. I was just like, well, New York hospital, like, isn't that a, I don't know. So I was like, well, let me call my boyfriend and ask. And he said something like just, just some racial slur. And I was like, what? And he said something like, you know, you black people never know where you want to go. And I was like, what? Oh. Yeah, this is right in front of like Penn Station. And I didn't even know. I was so furious. So I like took uh, a picture of his like, you know, like cab, like license, whatever. And I got out and I'm not going to lie. I slammed the door so hard. I'm so shocked that the, um, that the, 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 um, the glass didn't break. And then I jumped in front of his cab, which is just crazy. I was just so livid. And I took a picture of his um, license plate and then of him. And he looked at me like, oh, snap. I mean, I didn't even do anything with it, but I just wanted him to be able to sweat it out all day. Good for and, you. I know. And then the, um, the, you know how like in front of Penn Station, they have like the cab, the like the guy, the cab connoisseur, I don't know, I don't know, the, the guy that kind of like will put, put you in a cab, like mm-hmm. next up. So he's like, what happened? And I told him and he was just like, what? He's like, make sure you report him. I just, I didn't just because I was like, girl, I gotta go. But I just remember thinking like, what, in 2016? But I'm like, well, yeah, 2016. It'll never, how- it'll never end. I mean, it's, yeah. people will always be a little racist. Yeah. But some people will always be a little bit racist, a little lot of bit racist. Exactly. I, I think what always shocks me is when someone straight out just is like, just you know, like, it. what? And you're like, because you're, you're not used to it. I, I think I was like 19. I was working at Bally's and like this guy was such a jerk. And I was, you know, how somebody gives such bad energy. I was afraid of him. I didn't know him. But he'd come in with his wife who looked like afraid of him, like she was afraid of him. They had like two kids and. I was like at Bally's of the, the sports club and they were coming to take a tour. And so their kids were playing on the machine and their kids had to be like five and six. And I'm like, you're not, a, they're not allowed to obviously for like, you know, legal reasons. And so I was telling the wife, like, you know, we have a daycare center in the back if you want to leave the kids while you take a tour. And she was looking at me like, Oh God, don't speak to me. Like I was like, Oh God. So I had to look at the dude and my manager's looking at me like, Tiffany, you know, the rules, you got to let him know. But something in me was afraid because just his energy was so I don't know, nasty. So I was like, excuse me, sir. Excuse me. I had to be like 19. And he looked at me like, what? And I was like, you know, your kids can't play on the machine, but we do have a daycare center and it's totally free while you take your tour. And he said, I can't remember everything that he said, but basically like, don't talk to me. And he said, and I'm going to say the N word because it was so visceral. He was like, what are you talking about, nigger? I, I couldn't even believe it. Oh my God. It was so, and he said it so, I had never even heard it said like that. I felt like I was in like a movie from 1965. And I was like, what? What year was this? I was 19. I'm 36 now. So this is like, what? I don't know. Two, 2009 or something like that. I don't know. No, no, not Girl, 2000. that's like 2000. Yeah, 2000. I'm like, look at me. My math skills are not that <laughs> But it was so, he said it. <laughs> I, could, I had never, and no one ever in my life had ever called me that to my face. Like, you know, maybe behind your back or maybe they whispered or whatever, but never like to my face. And I, I remember just being frozen. Like, What? What's happening? 
And I remember like my manager, everybody kind of came out and they're like, sir, sir, you have to get out, get out, leave. And he was continuing like, you know, to curse me out and like throw racial slurs or whatever. I was so shy. I didn't even know what to do. And you could tell everyone was so nervous because I work with like a mostly white staff and they were like looking at me to figure out like, what was I going to do? I didn't even know what to do because that never happened. And they're like, are you okay, Tiffany? I was like, yeah, I guess. I didn't know if I should cry. I I just was literally in a state of shock. I just was just remember thinking like, this guy just called me like the N word in front of the whole gym, super loud. I just, until this day, I never forgot that. And I just remember him dragging her to the car. And I just remember thinking to myself that bigger than him calling me the N word, he looked very violent. And I just got the feeling that like he beat her, just the way he was like manhandling her and the way he was speaking to her, the way he spoke to me, and that she was gonna get it later. And I just remember feeling sorry for her more so than myself because I'm like I don't have to go home with him. But I just remember thinking like, damn, this is who she's with. And this is what she has to go home to. And so I'm, I'm sorry like, you had to deal with that. Yeah, but I'm like, girl, bye. He's a fool. <laughs> and besides, I was like, there was one, like, we always have, like, you know, at the gym, there's always, um, like, personal trainers. What? The, one of the personal trainers, he was huge. He came out and was like, what was said? The dude looked, was like, oh, gotta go. <laughs> and so I was like, Johnny, from now on, when dangerous looking guys come up here, you have to stand next to me. <laughs> So I just want to thank everybody. Brown break. The brown break I took last week, I think it was like my hair. Oh, right. And yes. And so people recommended this woman named Cheskali. <laughs> Cheskali? Cheskali Locks or something like that. Anyway, she's got a great YouTube channel and it did help me get like some hairstyles. But so I'm going to reach out to our BA podcast listeners again. I have been breaking out like crazy, Mandy. I don't know why. I never break out. Even as a teenager I didn't have bad skin Uh and now I'm like breaking out I don't know if it's because I'm working out so much and like the sweat but I've been breaking out and I'm like ah I need something what do people use for adult acne um birth control (laughs) I don't want to think I hate those stinking pills oh really oh that's a that's the best thing I ever did for my skin really no dairy and birth control Mm -hmm. it's free it's freer than face wash thank you Obamacare (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's true. Right? I know. But I just I don't want to be on birth control because you know we talking about this baby stuff. I'm like, no, I actually want to have one. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but well, then yeah. there you go. You're gonna have acne. You know, one of my girlfriends said getting pregnant was the best thing that happened to her skin. Really? I don't know if that happens across the board. Your hormones, are, your hormones are like all over the place. I'm that's sure it true. Go it can way. go either way. But I'm just like, so I actually ordered dun 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 proactive. No so, way. That is so yes. 2000s. I know. I couldn't believe I didn't oh know what else God. to do. And I'm like, I, I was like, you know what? I'm good. Cause I tried it once. I think when I was like 19 once I was like breaking out, I tried it for a few months and it worked and I went back to my normal skin. And so my brown break is this damn acne. Um, and so I ordered proactive. It should be here today. I'm going to try it for a week or two. I'm hoping that I'll get my luscious skin back. Cause I'm used to like just having, you know, decent skin my skin's not amazing but I don't break out unless it's that time of the month and honestly like not just my face but like my chest my back and I'm like okay I think it is because I've been working out like crazy and maybe I'm just like sweating up a storm and but when I come home I take a shower right away so I don't know do I need to like wash my face at the gym I don't know well you can always use I use little wipes that reach my workout like right away Oh. sensitive skin wipes like Burt's Bees or L'Oreal okay. has a sensitive skin wipes because my skin gets really ir- easily irritated so I get the sensitive okay. ones um, Simple has wipes just use those real quick 
That's true. Okay. See, look at that. Meanwhile, I order proactive. Okay. We're going to see. <laughs> <laughs> you went from like zero to a hundred. I'm that type. I'm like, oh my God, everything's wrong. I'm ordering a whole new, like I'm always ordering something, but I'm still going to try because I'm hoping that like, cause I, you know, when you're, I have really brown, you know, highly pigmented skin. And so I scar easily. So I'm hoping that proactive will help to bring me back to like, Bring me back to normal. So yes, my brown break is acne. I hate you. Go back to 16 where you belong. <laughs> well, my brown break is going to be quick, but since I have been fighting a cold the past few days, I was like out of commission all weekend. Bad daughter, bad Mother's Day. I just didn't go to, and it, I didn't even leave the house until this morning to come to work. But like I told you, I feel like people who, there's all this pressure when you're sick to like come to work and show a good face and, you know, be there and like, oh, it's so great. Like, I'm sick, but I showed up at work today. And, you know, those people who like make a big show of how sick they are and yet they still came into work like a hero. I just want all those people to stay home. <laughs> stay stay home. your ass home. You're not a hero. No one likes you better because you came to work. You're not going to get a raise because you showed up with pneumonia. It's not happening. <laughs> all you do is make people like me sick. And I know exactly who got me sick. It was a chick on the train. Last Monday, I don't know how long it takes the cold to like um, present itself in symptoms, but last Monday on the train, I sat next to a girl and she was sniffling her face off and she hacked on me and it landed on my sleeve and I tried to wait till I got to work to like hand sanitize everything, but it was too late. Yeah. And I was and down. now you're sick. Yeah. And, I, and especially with like public transportation in New York City, it's disgusting. We're all up on each other. I saw a man, you know who you are, man, wearing a Hawaiian short sleeve shirt. <laughs> with greasy curly hair, sneeze on his hand when he was holding the pole. Like other, I just, I just, uh, I can't. There's not enough hand sanitizer in the world. So I just want to take a brown break from people who try and be a hero and come sick to the office. Just stay home. You know, work remotely. It's not a big deal. Yeah, that's. They always tell you that. They're like, yeah, nobody wants to get sick. Just ew. It's not that important. Well, it's not. That it's important. not. I stayed home the whole week and I didn't even go yesterday, Mother's Day. We were supposed to go visit fiance's mother. I just, you know, gave him money and I was like, go get some nice flowers for her. And I gave her a nice phone call and she was totally fine. It was okay. Yeah. Nobody wants to get sick. Nobody. I'm not going to give her the cold, a cold for Mother's Day. Well, <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. At you. That's it for today. This brown break is brought to you by the makers of Kleenex. Yes, and, and Acme products. And Alka-Seltzer. <laughs> right. Oh, I just want to be back. I'm like, why? I just want to be snatched, right? I can't work out without my face breaking out. <laughs> All right, well, if you don't want birth control, I don't know what to do for you. I'm like, no, I'm trying to have this baby. I'm 36. I'm going to have a second time. <laughs> Just wait. Just you wait. A couple months, I'm going to be like, Mandy, you about to be an auntie. Oh, oh that'd be so exciting. <laughs> so do you have any wins for this week? Um, I actually do have a win for this week. Let me go back into my win box. Oh, so I haven't, I don't think I've announced this to you or to anybody else, but I made, we made, me and my fiance, kind of a huge personal decision this week to, not this week, this month. And that at the end of the month, after we've been talking about this for a while, like, but like just funny, haha, not really serious. And lately, just about wanting to buy a house. Like, we, okay. you know, we've always wanted to buy a house. Um, it's sort of just been like one of those crazy ambitions, kind of like winning the lottery or, 
you know, striking gold in the backyard. Like you, you want to buy a house, but you also live in New York and you just know that's not possible if you continue to pay, you know, a quarter of your rent every month, a quarter of your income and rent every month. It's just not possible. So we were talking kind of about it and he, and we're both like, you know what, we should just like move in with your parents and just save what we're spending on rent. Wouldn't that be smart? And we're like, <laughs> that's hilarious. We'd never do that. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hmm. So we really started, we really thought about it and we decided at the beginning of this month that we are going to move in with his parents. Yay. <laughs> I know. Everyone's been like, really? That's exciting. I know, right? Because it's like, part of me is like, oh, that's awesome because you're going to be able to save a ton. And then you're like, ooh, how's that going to go? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, we talked, we've always like brought this idea up in the past, kind of like as a joke. But, you know, the real, the realer it gets, the closer we get to getting married. You know, I was thinking we only have – so we're getting married next April. And I'm like, if we're going to take a year or a little less than a year to live with your parents, this is the time to do it because I don't want to do it when we're married. Yeah. And, you know, if we really want to buy a place next year, this is the only way we're going to be able to afford it. If we have this – you know, we're spending over $2,000 a month on rent. So if we take yeah. – 10 months off that's not even including what we're already saving which is i think pretty aggressive um so we just take this 10 months and you know luckily we have the i feel like we also are lucky in that we actually have the opportunity not many people have parents who have two spare Mm -hmm. bedrooms and love us to pieces and Mm -hmm. want us to live live with them his mom was like you can stay forever (laughs) (laughs) no but honestly you are really fortunate and i you know, the budget niece in me is like, do it. You know, I moved back home when I was 30 to like get myself together. And I'm not everyone, like you said, has family that they can move in with and not have to pay. So if you have that opportunity, totally take advantage of it. I mean, you know, we don't have parents that can give us a million dollar small business loan, Mr. Trump, but we do have parents who are like, hey, I have a spare bedroom, which is awesome. And we'll be helping with you. We haven't like worked out the math, but we'll definitely be helping with utilities. They live in a rent controlled apartment. Okay. Um, so they already are paying so much less than what anyone else is paying. And, you know, we've worked out some, we're going to have to set some ground rules on like, you know, mm-hmm. Mandy will be able to cook for herself sometimes. <laughs> Cause you know, his mom's like the queen of the kitchen. Of course. And I'm and sure she kills, knocks it down. She you know? does. She does. But when Mandy doesn't want arroz con pollo every night, maybe Mandy wants like a salad, then, you know, we'll have these rules in our bylaws of the new house. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but I think honestly that it's an excellent idea because like you said, this is a perfect time to do it. It's going to be, you know, relatively short time in your coupledom to spend with them and she'll always remember that and it, it'll be something that you keep as a, like a memory, you know? Hopefully a good one. It will be. I mean, of course there's going to be some time when you're just like, uh, because that's just with anyone. Yeah. But I look at my sister now, she was hesitant about moving into the um, three family house with you know, with her mother-in-law, but she's just like, it's been such a blessing to be able to just like open the door and walk upstairs and give her the baby, you know? Yeah. I hope, yeah. I, I bet that's what she hopes is going to happen. She's like, I'm going <laughs> to start doing, praying to Jesus, like <laughs> to one of the many portraits of Jesus in their house. I'm going to yes, start praying to those. <laughs> He's little baby Jesus, teenage Jesus and grown man Jesus. I want you to make sure Mandy stays here forever. So that way my grandchild can always be within my sights. Yes. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> um, that's going to be a big adjustment. We love, the hardest part is leaving our apartment and leaving our neighborhood. We love it so much. And we have mm-hmm. so many good memories. It's where we got engaged. It's where we, it's our first home together. It's our, you know, we've had a lot of our entire social life is in, you know, where we live in Queens. And it's going to be sad to leave it, but I'm trying to focus on like the future 
just a little bit of pain for hopefully a lifetime of happiness and something we actually own that we can call our own. Um, so just uh, pray for us. I'll update you on how it's all going. Well, my win is I just love how the president of the United States is leaning into his blackness a little bit more since he's like, I'm out, I'm about to be out. So, <laughs> you know, first the fact that he closed like his, uh, what is it, press dinner? What was that called? State of the no. White House Correspondence Dinner. Yes, the White House Correspondence Dinner with Obama out, mic drop. That was amazing. But then this weekend he spoke at Howard University, their commencement speech. He was the keynote speaker. And yeah, Howard, I watched the whole thing. You did? I didn't get That's a chance good. to. But, you know, Howard, for those of you who don't know, is an HSBCU. I always say the acronym now. Basically, a historically black university. And it's like one of the best ones. And just it was just great to see them hood him, to see the look of pride on his face when they were putting the hood on him, to see him encourage the students in the audience to embrace their blackness. And if there's one funny part of the speech that I did see where he said, like, you know, you know, being black and successful does not equate to just being an entertainer or like basically or a, an athlete that you could be like Shonda Rhimes. She owns Thursday nights. You could be like, um, who else did he mention? He said you could be like, oh, it was somebody else. It was Shonda Rhimes, somebody else. And he said you could be like the president. He's black or something to that effect. And it was hilarious. And I just thought. It was just great to see that because I feel like the first term and then much of the second term, um, the president seemed to shy away from just like talking directly to people of color, you know? Mm. Um, and I mean, at times, yes, but not to the, to the extent that he is now. And so it's just nice to see him, you know, speaking at this historically black university and then encouraging people to embrace your blackness. And it's not a hindrance. It's something that you can use to make, the world better. And so it was just nice. So that's really my win for the week. I thought the best part of his speech, and it kind of is around the section that you're talking about, is when he was saying, you know what, going to college can be a black thing. Wanting to study engineering can be a black thing. You know, mm. wanting to be the next Shonda Rhimes can be a black thing. Reading a lot can be a black thing. And there's not no shame in that. And I think like a lot of, especially in my family, and I think, I don't, I don't think I'm alone in this at all. When you are worried about getting educated and studying and doing well in school, you can, you're like, oh, you're a punk. Oh, you're trying mm-hmm. to be white. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're not real. You're not down. And that's the kind of pressure you get. And I thought it was a great message to tell this whole, you know, thousands of these nerds who just graduated college mm-hmm. that it's okay. It's a black thing to be educated. Oh, I thought that was beautiful. Yeah, so we, we, I just realized we didn't do any, um, we didn't take any questions. We have none. Oh, see? <laughs> so y'all don't have no questions? Yes, you do. Because you, you, you messaged them to me. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of sending them to the Budgetista, send them to the BA podcast on Twitter, yes, Brown Ambition, on Facebook. And what's the Gmail again? It is at uh, the Brown Ambition podcast at gmail.com. Okay, yes. We'd love to get your questions so we can answer them and get you straight and right and financially fit, fabulous, and fly. Ooh, that's a nice little tagline. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, excellent way to end the show. Yes. So So, I will chat with you next week, guys. This is Sniffle signing off. (laughs) And this is Pizza Face signing off. (laughs) If you're you're sick, stay home. Yes. Stay Home. And if you have any uh, some home remedies for my face, please feel free to uh, tweet us at the BA Podcast. I would love, love, love to learn some more.
the Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.